0: Today's episode is sponsored in part by Shopify, Indeed, Economist, Education, and Airbnb. Shopify simplifies selling online so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Looking to sharpen your business skills with courses tailor-made for executives and professionals? Then check out Economist Education. Get 15% off any course, only available at education.economist.com profiting. Enter promo code profiting at registration. If you wanna generate extra income and have space to share, you should definitely check out Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. As always, you can find all of our incredible deals in the show notes. What's up, Yap Bam? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're pulling my interview with Tim's Story from the archives. Tim's a highly influential thought leader, life strategist, and speaker. And he's worked with people from all walks of life, from entertainment executives and professional athletes to A-list celebrities and influencers like Robert Downey Jr., Grant Cardone, and Lewis House. He's also worked with thousands of adults and children in neighborhoods throughout America and in the most war-torn regions of the world. In this episode, Tim will help us tap into a miracle mindset. He's going to walk us through how to align with your most authentic self and how to keep your cool in any situation. He'll also reveal the secrets to living a happy and peaceful life. This conversation is so inspiring. Tim is such a great guy, and this interview first came out in 2020, which was the year that I started Yap Media, so I really resonated with Tim's views on alignment and purpose. And this was my favorite episode of that year, so I know you guys are going to love it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Tim's story. Welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast.
1: What a privilege to be on your show today.
0: I am so excited to talk to you. You have so much going on. So you are an extremely successful minister, life coach, author, and speaker. You're known as the comeback coach. You've worked with a multitude of celebrities, including Robert Downey Jr., Quincy Jones, Kanye West, just to name a few. You've inspired millions of people, You've traveled to over 75 countries and you were also featured on Oprah's Soul Sunday. And now you've even dabbled into movie and Broadway production. So you do a whole lot of things. So for my listeners who may not be familiar with you, Tim's story, what is the red thread between all of these activities? Like what is your true calling and your purpose in life and what connects the dots between all of these activities?
1: I love that question. So the the idea of the thread that connects Is I am a humanitarian. I love the underdog because I was the underdog. I am drawn to the person that has a setback, doesn't know how to have a comeback. So even since I was a little kid, I love the underdog. So you see that all the way across everything I do
0: though so that's amazing and speaking of you wanting to be a humanitarian from my understanding when you were 18 years old you got very influenced by Mother Teresa right and so for my listeners who don't know you you grew up in Compton you were 18 years old you were extremely athletic not the typical thing for an athletic you know young man to want to go do to you know seminary school and become a humanitarian so what was it about Mother Teresa that you just got so inspired to change the whole direction of your life.
1: So it happened my senior year of high school. There was a a young lady that I really respected and we're still great friends to this day. And she was reading this book about the life of Mother Teresa. And um, I noticed her on campus, she'd be reading it. And I saw the cover. So I asked her, you know, what is it about? So she explained. And she goes, you should read it. She goes, this is kind of like how you are. So that's an awesome Mm -hmm. thing about life. You know, sometimes it's observation and conversations that can change your direction. Because my direction was I wanted to go to USC and I wanted to be a communications major and be in entertainment. And so I read this book and I got so touched on how one lady who was a nun helped tens of thousands of orphans throughout her lifetime. So I decided after really thinking about it, meditating on it, decided to go to seminary, and my life just continued to change.
0: That's amazing. And so now you're really well known for for being like a huge motivational speaker. And at the time when you went to seminary school, did you know that you were a good communicator or did you kind of like fall into that? How did that happen?
1: I knew I was just a young person with an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I I love to talk about this because I think sometimes... In life, we decide, and sometimes we discover. So I wish I could just say that I sat back and I just decided that I would be well-known. No, I just kind of like kept discovering things. So when I was in seminary, a friend of mine said, Hey, Tim, I'm supposed to be teaching at this ROTC class on the Bible. and It's a group of about 30 men. I can't do it tonight. Can you do it? me a favor and do it I go no 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 I'm not a talker it's a true story I'm not a talker and so he goes goes, Tim I really need you to do it so I, I did him a favor and I did it and I had these guys laughing so hard and I didn't know that I had that charisma on stage and that I had the ability to make people laugh and so they said you know we love the other guy but can we get you next week as well and that's how it started
0: Wow, that's amazing. And so I assume it was lots of hard work and practice and experience. And one of the most interesting things that I've heard you say, and and something that really spoke to me because I think it's, it's like everything that I believe in, it's this concept of the law of the harvest. And you quote the proverb, 1211. He who works land shall have abundance. Whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. And so I think a lot of millennials need to hear this. People think like, oh, I have a dream. That means it's going to happen. But really, dreams require a lot of hard work. And to accomplish your goals, you need to really put in the legwork. And so we live in a world where everything looks like an overnight success. You look on social media, you think, oh, they just fell into it. And that could be me. Um, And everybody wants to get rich quick. So talk to us about the law of hard because I think this is so profound. I love it.
1: Thank you. I I love young people's energy and I'm surrounded by young people who work with me on projects like from 17, 18 on because I love their creative energy. But I think this is one thing that draws them to me. We have people from all over the world trying to come to us in LA to do an internship with us because they, they love my discipline. And the whole idea is dreaming is easy, but to do the dream is a whole different thing. Walt Disney walked into an amusement park in the thirties. And he said, one day I want to build my own amusement park, but mine's going to be different, better and more magical. Well, the thing about Walt Disney that I love is that as I began to study him, his work ethic was at the next level. So he really practiced these principles of the law of the harvest that you described, which is if you want to harvest, if you want to create Disneyland as he did in the 60s after he saw the vision of it, you first have to plow the ground. Then you have to plant the right seed. Then you have to water the seeds. That's every single day you're hustling. And then you're going to reap a harvest. But then the proverb says, if you chase fantasies, then you lack wisdom. And you're right. We have a lot of people, even my age, that are still chasing fantasies to this day. But you got to plow, you got to plant, you got to water, and then payday is on its way.
0: Yeah, and so... When I was thinking about this, I also heard you talking about something called the miracle mindset. And you always talk about how having the right mindset is necessary. And it made me think that like in this whole analogy in terms of a farm, like the sun is kind of like your mindset at the at the end of the day. You can't do everything when you're in the dark, right? And so you also need the light. So tell us about what is a miracle mindset? What kind of a perspective do we need to have in order to be you know, as productive as possible and, and move towards our goals?
1: So the mindset is is so so important because you know it's, it's not just to rhyme but truly the mindset will create a mood set. So if you tell a little kid that he's going to do something exciting the next day, you've now put something in his mind and it's created a mindset. His mind is set on something. And so the mindset creates the mood set. Oh my gosh, now I'm happy. I get to do this thing tomorrow. So what I've become a master at is creating my own mindset because when we were kids in Compton, California, we had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment, which is very, very crowded. (laughs) And then we had seven people in a Volkswagen Bug, which is called illegal. You're not supposed (laughs) to have that. (laughs) So I created my own mindset through the through the realm of imagination. So I started seeing things on TV, predominantly Disney things that we would see. They would come on on Sunday nights and my older sisters would watch and my mind just started taking off. So my mindset became beyond. I was thinking beyond, dreaming beyond. So my mindset changed my mood set that even though I was in, cramped and crowded places, my sisters used to say, this guy, he walks like he's a king, <laughs> but we were poor. But it was my mindset.
0: Yeah. And so for those people who are struggling to have this strong mindset, if they if they find them ha- having themselves negative thoughts all the time and, and they just can't get out of it, like, what's your advice there?
1: So I'm going to be good at this question because I've just spent three years writing a book, as you know, called The Miracle Mentality. So literally three years I've been writing with an amazing editor, like, holy schmoly, this guy's so good, teaches at Princeton. But here's what happens. In my travels, I found out that people usually live in these categories, what I call the messy, disheveled, the mundane, which is like the regular, the status quo, Or they many times lived in the madness. So they lived in the messy where their life was just disheveled, okay? Or some lived in the mundane where it's just mundane day after day after day after day with no break. And then some lived in the madness. And I found that if you are constantly in the messy and the madness, it's hard to make room for the magic. you got to make room for magic. And so I teach people in my seminars – Don't sprinkle magic on your messy. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going with my girls. We're going to Vegas. But you're like all living a messy life. But you're going to sprinkle like a magical weekend. I mean, that's great because you need to rest and live. But we got to deal with your mess to make some permanent room for magic. and That's where I'm good.
0: So let's go back to working the land because I think this is like – it's so true. Like you just need to work at what's actually in front of you in the moment. And I heard you on an interview with Grant Cardone and you were talking about the importance of living in the moment. So how does living in the moment relate to working your land?
1: So when I was a kid at 15 and a half, I got my first job as a dishwasher. And I remember the cook used to make fun of me because he would say, Timmy, why are you washing these dishes? Like you own the place. And I remember I was just so happy about having this job. So I was just hustling. I was plowing, I was planting good seed, I was watering. And I would show up early every single day, just plowing, planting, watering. So the, the owner, Mr. Anderson, saw this and he said, Timmy, I wanna put you from dishwasher to busboy. And so that was like a big deal. And I'll, I'll never forget that as a bus boy, I was hustling, doing the same thing. I was plowing, I was planting, I was plowing, I was planting, I was watering, I was plowing, planting, watering. And then different owners of restaurants would come into this nice restaurant I was working at and they would try to hire me. So I said to Mr. Anderson, now, you know, these friends of yours are trying to give me jobs. He goes, no, I, I know. He goes, Tim, because you're a hustler. He goes, I can't believe your mindset and you're so happy about it. I said, but I'm loyal to you. So... He, he kept that loyalty and kept me there till I was 17. And then I went and worked at a really good restaurant called Jimmy's that a lot of people wanted to work at. But it was that plowing, that planting, that watering, but I was in the moment. I was fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. When I was a dishwasher, bam, I was there. Busboy, bam, I was there. Waiter, bam, I was there. So I think it's important, mostly for young people, to be in the moment, fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. Don't just do it to get you there. Just do it and excel where you are.
0: Yeah. And also, don't worry about where you're going to go next, right? So like, for example... When I was younger and I was in my internships, so I just focused on my internship. I didn't worry about like, oh, am I going to get the job? Or, oh, I wish I was an employee already. It, it doesn't matter. You've got to focus on the task at hand and where you are at hand and, and feel confident and happy that you're there, right?
1: No, I like what you're saying there. And let's just stop there for a moment, if you don't mind, because I think that you have really figured this out. Because if you plow the ground, plant the seed, water the seed, you're going to get a harvest. And what I have found is that people came looking for me. I don't go like knock on everybody's door to get in places. You know, people always say like, how did you get in with Oprah? I mean, like she's one of my great friends. How did you get in with Steve Harvey and do a 20 city tour? How did you get in with him or her? Bam or boom or boom or bam. I never looked for one person. I was, I was working my land. I was just loving people, coaching people, helping people, being a humanitarian, and these people look for me.
0: Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. What's up, Yap Bam? Being an entrepreneur and working remotely definitely has its perks. And I know a lot of you listening in are in the same boat as me, but do you really take advantage of being able to work from anywhere? You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. Oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Let's talk about plowing the wrong land. Is it possible to work the wrong land? And how do you know when you're working the wrong
1: land? Okay, so people say, Tim Story, how do I find direction in my life? You gotta stop, you gotta look, you gotta listen. So people say, well, follow your heart, but we got to make sure your heart is purified. <laughs> so if, if you have the wrong things in your heart, let's not follow your heart. Then take you to the wrong places. But if your intentions are correct, I like that word you used earlier, and your heart has the right motives, right? Then when you stop, you can look within and your heart is trying to talk to you. Why? because your dream has a voice, so powerful. Your dream has a voice. And there's times that you're going to date somebody, some of you guys that are watching, and your heart is telling you, no, (laughs) but you do it anyway. So in those cases, you need to follow your heart. And so I feel that you can plow in the wrong areas. And if you feel like you've started to do that, whether it's a major you've Started in college, or jobs once you got out, or a relationship you've been in for a long time—it's not working. You need to stop again, look again, and listen again.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And just one more question on this: My listeners are young, right? And so a lot of the times when you're growing up, it's your outside influences telling you what you need to be doing with your life. What about like when you're getting all this pressure? Like, what do you suggest? How do you how do you kind of like own that and take control over your life?
1: So I don't really like blame certain parents to go like, you know, I created this empire and go here. Or, I created this and go here. Because I started off mentoring and tutoring and life coaching famous people's kids. Like the most famous celebrities you can imagine, their kids. I started mentoring them when they were like young kids, okay? And then I saw them grow up and do big things, a lot of them. And so many times if the, the dad or mom did great in a certain position, they would want the child to go there because they had paved the way. But right. I believe this, that, that you could be the right person with the right plan, but you need the right partners. You need the right partners who are not just trying to take you how they see life from their vantage point, their point of view, their mindset, but they're willing to listen to your heart and Your calling, because I think the calling calls you. So, I mean, I see you right now. You are like right in the middle of your calling.
0: Oh, thank you. Right
1: now, you're just like flying. You're like, zoom, this is me, right?
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I I really feel that way.
1: So, I'm glad that you did not become a doctor. I'm glad that you are doing this. You're going to be a writer, you're a speaker, you're a humanitarian, you're a global leader that's what i see in your future. so i'm glad you're that cuz we need you to be that.
0: <laughs> thank you tim. so let's take it t- back to your childhood. you're known as the comeback coach, right? and i think one of your first big comebacks happened when you were very young and it's i hate we're so positive i hate to bring it there but i think it's a lesson for for the listeners, right? and so when you were 10 years old, you lost your father, you lost your sister shortly after that. And uh, it turns out your siblings dealt with this loss a lot differently than you did. So tell us about how your siblings dealt with it and how you dealt with it and why you think you were able to kind of deal with it in a more positive way.
1: So I think it's something that happens to all of us and not the same way, but it's something that I've been talking about for 20 years called life interruptions, where an interruption is when you're disturbed, somebody knocks at your door of life and interrupts you with many things that we would have never ordered from life's menu. It could be asthma. I've seen people with lupus or Lyme disease or just something bad happens in your childhood. For me, you know, my father went to go get my mother food. And so he was just going through a green light and it was at nighttime in January and bless this guy's heart. He ran a red light, hit my father and my father died. So The thing that was challenging is my father was the one that had really good energy in the family. My mother was stronger. Uh, My mother is Latin. Everything is like the way she does life, not all Latins because I'm part Latin, but the way she does life, it was, it was more like just strong willed. So we needed the energy of my father when that was taken, it was like it was sucked out. Okay. And so that life interruption was something that my siblings did not know what to do with. So most of them just got up and ran. They ran to like friends' homes or ran to a boyfriend because they're they're much older than me. My brother, he ran to his friends. So a lot of times it was just me and my mother who worked at a donut shop who were in this house together. And it was really a sad situation. But what I did is I, I used my imagination again. Remember the power of the imagination? And I began to imagine things. And this is a real story. I told my mother when I was 12. I said, Mom, do not worry. I said, when I am in my mid-20s, this is so strange that I said that, you will never worry about money again. And that's exactly what happened. Aw, I love that. Yeah.
0: And so you talk about comebacks, you know, all over the world. It's one of your main speaking topics. What is your formula for getting out of a setback?
1: So when you're in a setback, the first thing you have to do is you have to become awake. When you're in a setback, you want to many times pull the blinds, pull the covers over your head and just hope it's just gone. But number one, you have to become awake. Secondly, you have to take inventory. So you got to think like, you know, now that she left or now that he left or now that they left, what am I going to do? What do I have left here? So you become awake. Secondly, you take inventory. The third thing you need to do is do what they're doing right now. They need to partner with power. Listen to people that have answers. Listen to people who know what it's like to go through things that are similar as far as some sort of a setback. So you have to partner with power. Then the next thing you do, number four, is you have to find the right principles. Because I believe it's principles that get you through the problems. It's not hype. It's not just positive energy. It's not just mindset. But the right principles can get you through any problem. Okay? So you become awake. You take inventory. Partner with the right people. Get the right principles. And then what do you do next? You proceed. (laughs) You go forward. I am all about going forward. Oprah loves this quote, and she said to me, she goes, Tim, I love this one when you talk about a comeback is not a go-back. Because a lot of people, when they Mm -hmm. have a setback, they think I got to go back and fix it all, but a comeback is not a go-back. So when you've done all those steps that I said, let's go forward, let's proceed.
0: So you've been known to be a comeback coach for celebrities, right? Everybody knows that about you. They see you with Oprah and Kanye and all these big stars. But it turns out that you've also helped a lot of people who are just regular people, people who wanted to be stars, who became, you know, homeless and prostitutes in LA and things like that. So do you have any memorable stories that really stick out to you in terms of somebody that you helped that isn't necessarily a celebrity or they could be a celebrity, whatever, whatever really just like sticks out to you right now in the moment?
1: You know, the... The skills, the tools, and the attitude are the thing that's going to take you from almost to utmost living. So my skills and my tools, they lie in the place of I'm a master locksmith. If somebody has a problem, ooh, I'm good. Like, what key is it going to be? You know, I can watch somebody on TMZ and I'll tell one of my assistants, watch. Within a week, their people are going to reach out to me. And then I'm right. (laughs) <laughs> like all, all day long, all the time, because I am a really good locksmith, but I never tried to be the locksmith to the stars, the comeback coach to the stars. That's No, I love people. So I work with ARC, which was started by my good friend, Robert Downey, in prison reform. I'm on the board. And then I work with Kerry Kasem, Kasem Cares, the famous Casey Kasem it's for elder abuse. I do a lot of work in the area of mental health and addiction and also work with the, with the homeless because I love people. So one of my favorite stories real quick is I was going into, I'll give them a shout out because maybe they will be a sponsor someday, 7-Eleven. I was going into 7-Eleven and I saw a real sharp looking young man who I later found out was 23 years of age, but very together and He was asking for money, he was begging, but he did not look like a guy that would be begging for money. So I asked him how long he'd been out here and he said, well, for two weeks. And I said, I said, you don't seem like a guy that would be doing this. And he said, well, I came here to be an actor and a lot of bad things happened, but can I just have some money? I said, well, I'm going to give you a lot of money. And then he said, how much? It was so funny. And I said, I, I gave him the amount. And so it was a lot. And his eyes got open. I said, but now you got to hear my speech. I said, okay, so why are you out here? And he told me that he uh, had problems with uh, being schizophrenic and had somebody had stolen his stuff, like his backpack. And in there was his medication. So he didn't know where he was. And I said, are you hearing voices? And he said, yes. I said, don't put yourself down. I said, this is what I do for a living. We're going to get it. You're going to be okay. Okay. It's not your fault that you're not taking your medicine. So I said, what's your mother's phone number? And this is so powerful. And he goes, I don't know. I said, "But well, what state are you from? So he tells me the state. And I'm really good with like, with area codes. So I go like this. Okay, I'm going to call your mom. True story. So I get my my phone, I hold it up and I go, okay, area code is, and I went bam, bam, bam. I was right in the first three because I know that state. So I, I said, boom, boom, boom. And then... Out of nowhere, he goes, bam, 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 bam. It gives me the rest of the number. True story. So I call this number. A lady answers the phone. She says, hello. I said, miss, I said, this is Tim's story. This is God's honest truth. I said this in front of Oprah Winfrey when I spoke for her at UCLA for Super Soul Sessions with Deepak Chopra watching me, Brene Brown, and everybody else. The lady said, Tim's story, the minister? I said, yes. I mean, think about how big the world is. It's almost 8 billion people. I looked again four days ago. It's almost 8 billion people. For her to say that, and I go, yes. And she goes, well, what happened? I said, I have your son. And she just starts weeping. She says, we thought we had lost him. We thought he was dead. I said, no, he's right here with me. This is one of my favorite stories ever because he was lost. She was lost because he was lost. And it took somebody that was awake and that had been through his own pain to say, hey, I got, I got this. So we ended up bringing him into a facility that I was connected to, getting him on the right track, getting him a doctor, a family member came a few days later, about three days later. And I wanted him to stay two days longer in this facility. We put the family member up in a hotel until he was ready to travel. Changed their life forever.
0: That's amazing. And I feel like you must have like felt that he was special or that, or maybe you feel that about everyone, that everybody can be I kind felt of it like... Was,
1: I felt it was somebody's son. So it was some man's son or some woman's son. And that's how I see people. Like there's a guy close to my house that's homeless and he walks around. He gets mad at me. And I pull over next to him. I did it again like three days ago. And then I give him money. And then I have my talk. And he goes, when are you going to get off my back? I'm not going in the shelter. I go, "This I didn't even say anything about a shelter. I was just telling you how nice the weather is. But why do I keep pulling over? Because that's somebody's son. Or if I'm helping somebody, a lady, it's somebody's daughter.
0: We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. I want to talk to all you employers out there. And let's talk about company culture. At Yap Media, we have a super unique company culture. We are all obsessed with excellence. And we even call ourselves this really cute name, Scrappy Hustlers. We're all Scrappy Hustlers at Yap Media. And my team is growing fast. And hiring is a pain in the butt, especially if you're looking for A players that are going to roll up their sleeves. But luckily, when it comes to hiring, I no longer feel overwhelmed by the search for the perfect candidate because I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed's matching engine always presents me with a pool of high quality candidates that match my job description to a T. If you're tired of drowning in your hiring pool, Indeed is here to rescue you. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging your candidates, making the entire hiring process a breeze. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've hired some of my best employees at Indeed, some of my best scrappy hustlers. With over 140 million qualifications and preferences analyzed every day, Indeed is constantly learning from your hiring preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets at actually hiring your perfect match. Join the ranks of more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that have already chosen Indeed to hire great talent. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to Indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Young and profiters, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that by 2030, over 85% of the jobs that will exist haven't even been invented yet? And that's why we need to acquire new skills and stay relevant and adaptable. By embracing lifelong learning, we can future-proof our careers and our businesses. That's why you've got to check out Economist Education. Economist Education provides online executive education courses tailor-made for professionals just like us, crafted by The Economist's own editors and special experts. Economist Education courses are designed to sharpen your professional skills in key areas like data storytelling, critical thinking, sustainability, and so much more. I highly recommend checking out The Economist Education course, Business Writing and Storytelling. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash profiting free with code profiting free. So you work with all of these celebrities and regular people. And when it comes to celebrities specifically, it goes to show that, you know, you could have all this money, all this fame, and you could still be not happy with your life and just a mess, like messy as you were talking about having a messy life. So you could still be so successful on paper, look great. You're rich, you're successful. You've got a beautiful wife, car, whatever it is. And then you're still unhappy. So you've seen it all. What do you think is really the secret of a happy and peaceful life then?
1: I think it's um, and great buildup and then great question. I think it's this idea of being true to yourself and truly being authentic. And, you know, that word is almost overused nowadays, but authenticity is really a powerful thing. And I think what happens is a lot of these creatives that I'm around, which would be people that they would know, they, they started their craft many times with the right motives because they wanted to create, whether it was music or film or whatever they do, fashion, whatever they do, models. But then they got caught up in stuff, the system and being a celebrity. But here's what I teach a lot of young kids in schools, because I go speak at these schools for free and they get excited because I know all these people. And I say that, you know, a lot of people want to be celebrities. I said, but you are a celebrity. A celebrity means to be celebrated. And you just have to find the right people that are celebrating you. And so when you learn to celebrate yourself and realize that there are some good people that celebrate you, then you won't have such a hunger and a thirst for that other stuff. So I think it's, the key is to be authentic, to be yourself, and to be really great at your craft.
0: I love that. I agree. And you have a famous saying, uh, don't get dramatic in the the midst of drama, right? So tell us about this phrase and tell us how you keep her cool no matter what's going on.
1: Great observation and great research. And I get interviewed by everybody. You're good. So when I was a kid, I saw a lot of my relatives getting very dramatic. (laughs) Like my aunt would get mad because... Somebody in her family drank too much or this happened or that didn't happen or this took place. And then I went to school and I saw a lot of dramatic people and I started watching them and I thought, this is not paying off for them. There's three primary ways people learn. The, The three primary ways is education. Second is conversation. Third is observation. So I am like a phenomenal observationalist. All my friends go like, Tim. Story's the best. I can come in and read a room, see where I should sit, who to talk to, who not to talk to. A star, I can meet with them. And one day they're super happy. Three days later, bad mood. I read the mood, so I know what to do. I know what to do, okay? Observation, okay? So this whole thing about don't become dramatic in the midst of the drama. I noticed that being dramatic, Did not help things, whether people argued or fought with a policeman because he gave him a ticket or got in a terrible mood because of what was happening in the weather. So I decided to play things down, just play them down, just play them down and play them down to a place where I can then say, "Okay, really, what is my inventory? What am I really dealing with? And become a, a sensible thinker and really make better choices and decisions. So thank you for your observation. I'm known for this. In fact, one creative that you would love says this about me. She says, Tim Story walks around life like he has jazz music, cool jazz music playing in his mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that.
1: The good jazz music, not the stuff that goes everywhere.
0: Yeah. So then do you never make decisions when you're angry like are you very like you just know how to just take
1: no matter what it is no
0: how about excitement
1: i uh, and you know i'm i'm passionate like people that have seen me speak yeah i'll set a whole stage on fire
0: yeah it's like you you just won't go the the negative route it's like any energy that's that's positive you'll go. I remember the
1: a long time ago I was dating this actress lady and still a great friend of mine today. And she laughs at this cause she was trying to really get to me. And she goes, if you don't do this, it's over. I am walking out right now and it is over. And she did like this big speech. Okay. And then I go, I go, well, we should probably talk about it. She goes, you don't understand. This is not a threat. If you don't do this, that, and the other, it's over. And then I didn't do what she wanted. So she got her purse and she just got up and just kept walking. And I just stood there. And then she came back around the corner a few minutes later, she goes, you're not even gonna chase me? (laughs) (laughs) And then she started laughing. She goes, only you, only you would not chase me. Everybody chases me, I go. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. So let's talk about your new book. You did mention it earlier, The Miracle Mentality. Do you want to describe to us what a miracle mindset is and more so like the fact that as we grow older, we kind of lose this miracle mindset. Tell us about this book in in a nutshell.
1: Well, I know the book is going to capture people's attention because I've done the speech so many times. And when I do the speech, people go like this, like, I could even be like, cause I speak at a lot of like places that are stuffy and they're like life coach to the stars, work with this, that, that doesn't get them. They're like this. Okay. But when I talk about the miracle mindset and I say things like this, watch, I was speaking to a group of kids in South Africa and I said to these little kids, they must've been about seven or eight. What do you want to be when you get older? And a little kid said, the president. And a little girl said, a ballerina. And little, little boy said, I want to be like LeBron James. I said, every one of them had a miracle mentality. A miracle is something extraordinary, supernatural, not common, not normal, not the regular. I said, when you're little, you have a miracle mentality. Now, you may not always say it, show it, act like it, but see, most psychologists have found that even if kids do not say it or express it, they still feel it. They feel like something miraculous can still happen. Even if they're being abused or in a bad situation, they're thinking my mindset will somehow get me out of this mess and this madness. And so in this book, The Miracle Mentality, I'm not trying to get people to get something that they don't have. I'm trying to get people to align with who they really are. See, that's what I did. I, I, I aligned myself with who I am. Yeah, the miracle mentality.
0: I love talking to you. I feel like I can like, you know, run a marathon right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last question I ask all my guests is, what is your secret to profiting in life?
1: I think for me, it's cooperating with who I'm supposed to be. That I don't believe in chasing dreams. I believe in cooperating with what life has called me to be. So I believe that whatever your faith is, we've all been spoken over. And so I think that even when I was in my mother's womb, that there was a destiny for me, and I'm just I'm just lining up with it on a daily basis. I'm lining up. I didn't know that I'd be in ninety airports around the world. That just happened. This week, when you walk through the airport, you'll see me on these big screens everywhere that I write every month for American Magazine and United Airways magazines. I didn't know that I get to be interviewed by you. So I didn't know all these things. I just knew I needed to line up with who I really am. And that's what we've done.
0: That's amazing. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do?
1: I think the best way is still the old-fashioned way just timstory.com and you'll put all that there because story is called s-t-o-r-e-y some special so they put an e in there so Tim timstory uh timstory.com it shows all the things we do
0: i love it thank you so much for this powerful conversation i'm sure everybody who's tuning in is feeling inspired motivated and ready to align to their true life purpose so thank you so much tim